Welcome to China Horse Business, the one and only podcast focusing on the booming horse market in China, bringing to you by two experts of Chinese equine industry, Zoe King and Jojo Wang from Shanghai and Hong Kong, introducing China to the world. Hey Jojo, how have you been? I'm doing good. Today is a special day. Yes, it's our sixth session of China Horse Business Life. Right. At the same time, it is also Valentine's Day. But don't worry, Zoe. I will not ask for your plan for tonight. Hey, hey. I think it's romantic enough to work on our beloved project on this special day. We have great guesses for this webinar. Yes, and we also have excellent news to announce in today's China news session. Wait, is that what I think it is? Exactly. We are thrilled to announce that China Horse Business Life concluded an official collaboration with two significant French equine entities. Zoe, I will let you to better pronounce the name in French. They are Paul Hibolia and Conseil de Chevaux de Normandie. Paul Hibolia is named the Hippolia Cluster in English. Many of our friends and listeners from the equine industry have already heard about them because they are very active both in domestic and international exchanges and events. Hippolia is the only government-certified competitive cluster in the horse industry in France. The cluster has its headquarters in Normandy in France, and it is composed of a network of more than 200 members throughout France, entrepreneurs, startups, SME major groups, and also research teams, training providers, and institutions. Their goal is to position the French horse industry at the forefront of innovation with its beating heart in Normandy. Normandy is known as the land of horses, where many equine businesses have been developed and exported to the world. The French government and Normandy local government show great support for the equine industry and business. Conseil de Chevaux de Normandie, the Normandy Horse Council in English, is an interface between equestrian professionals and institutions. It gathers 60 professional associations, representing the interests of about 4,500 social professionals from the whole equine industry. Their missions are to grow the equine business in Normandy, to promote the excellency of equine industry and to support international trade and tourism. The two major French equine entities have joined us on China Horse Business Life, and in 2022, they will showcase their know-how and innovation of French companies every month in our webinar. Furthermore, we will work closely with them to provide tailor-made services to their members in the China equine markets. We are so delighted to have the Ipolia Costa and the Normandy Horse Council on board. We are happy for our Chinese audience too, because they will be able to connect with the French horse industry and all the innovations and trade information in the webinar. Cool. In today's China Club session, we are going to introduce you our clients, one of the most well-known brands for Gonza, the Decalons equestrian brand in China. Yes, their commercial partnership leader, Emma Ai, has spoken on our latest webinar in January. She introduced the brand and in particular released their new collection for spring-summer 2022 on China Horse Business Life. Many of our listeners heard about the Calon. It was found in 1976 as a sports supermarket by Michel Leclerc in France. 
The sales point covered more than 59 locations in the world. In 2003, Tikalo made their first step into China by opening their first flagship store in Asia. Today, Tikalo has become a significant player in the China sport market. Having sales in store in over 400 cities in China, the Kalong is very localized and digitalized in Chinese market. They have over 10 millions of followers on their online store on Taobao. The online sales are booming. It is absolutely a great success story for foreign sport player in China, as they question brand for Gonza entered the Chinese market in recent years with a growing interest and. Practice in horse riding in China. It provides various products for the riders and horses. Many beginner riders in Chinese equestrian club bought their first helmets and riding gears at the Dikalong store or on their online store. Bogansa is aiming to increase their sales in China for next few years. They're working with Chinese equestrian clubs for wholesale orders with personalization options for a certain quantity. Moreover, they're actively approaching riders, coaches, and influencers to enhance the brand image in Chinese equestrian community. Earlier, the Kalong announced their official partnership with the 2024 Paris Olympic and Paralympic Games. By the time we will see 45,000 volunteers wearing the Dikalong Eco Design uniform, specially created for the event, it is definitely our honor to work with Dikalong and their equestrian brand Frogonza in China. For sure. Well, let's turn the channel to New Zealand now. Jojo, you interviewed Teresa Poon from Australia Chinese Jockey Club on the season two, episode thirty, in their neighborhood in New Zealand. A young and smart businessman, Alan Fu, has a quite similar idea. Let's listen to Alan's China story. Hello, Alan.、Um, very delighted to have you on our podcast. How are you doing? Hey, pleasure. Yes,、uh, happy to join you and、uh, learn about your initiative. And help with the、uh, bridging the、uh, markets between, you know, China and the international、uh, equestrian and racing community. Thank you very much, and I think you are doing the same thing from Auckland, from New Zealand. You are very active in the racing world in New Zealand, and you created a group of people who join you and to share the,、uh, the fun, the passion of racing. Before we go go further, I wonder how all this、uh, get started、uh, in the first place. Right. Wow. That 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 was a long story, though.、Uh, I grew up in Beijing, and、uh, I moved to New Zealand when I was、uh, just about eighteen years old, two thousand seven. Can put together the age now.、Uh, <laughs> and so, while I was studying, I was actually、um, very into into accounting. And up until like later in my bachelor degree, I start teaching. I was actually teaching taxation law in the、uh, university. Okay. And my supervisor, who was a tax investigator for forty years, uh, he uh, brought me um to a lot of his connections, and、uh, we did some work together for um some people in the uh nearby the uh to the university,、mm -hmm. and turned out some of them to be um uh, breeders like ho racehorse breeders in Cambridge, New Zealand. Um, I I started off as a hobby. 
I, I love racing and love to go to race courses with clients and friends. Uh, and as soon as I graduated, I, um, I moved to Auckland. I got my first job and it happens to be a, an Australian company setting up a firm in New Zealand. They're a racing operation. So yeah. it happens to be that I, I love horses and, and, and I know about tax. So <laughs> they hired me and, yeah. and as an accountant and then later on to be their uh, business manager and general manager. When they left New Zealand market, I uh, just branched out myself. Mm-hmm. And started um, my my own company in racing. Oh. So what's yeah. what's your main activities now? Uh, you you have your company. You I mm-hmm. I know you have a club. How you combine mm-hmm. those things together to make the uh, racing passion even stronger? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, well, I'm not doing any tax rep- uh, returns anymore. I'm just hundred percent on racing. I think at the moment. The things that I do is is just everything around horse, because basically. So I have a few different companies. Uh, so the main one is that we establish uh, an investment fund into uh, horse racing. It's pretty simple as like everybody cashing $50,000 and we together breed, trade and race horses. Yeah. Uh, so we, we call it like an investor uh, membership membership club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we incorporate that uh, finance, uh, new sort of finance and innovation into a traditional industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the side, so we have a club. So we, we call it uh, our clubhouse. So it's based at the Ellisley Racecourse, in which is the premier track in New Zealand. We provide food and beverage and private gym and uh, even karaoke at the race okay. course so okay. uh and, and we uh, we give a lot of new people a tour of the race course and tell them about the history on another note now we have a equestrian academy in auckland as well so we do provide uh some of our clients and their kids about uh how, learn how to ride horses so mm-hmm. we're not just racing but also into entertainment and also um equestrian we're we're the one of the earliest uh, to do this, and I think we're still not having a lot of competitors here. As myself, I I just love the sport. A lot of my friends was like, "You you're a smart man. If you're into any other business, you might have uh, having much bigger success than what you're doing now." But you know, this is what I'm passionate about. I can hear you are very happy. You are you are very satisfied with what what you are doing. It's wonderful. Yeah. In New Zealand, we we all know there's a lot of citizens of original from China, used to have many Chinese tourists as well. Obviously, some of your clients, maybe mm-hmm. mo- not to say most of your clients, should be mm-hmm. Chinese. So why you think uh, the racing in, in New Zealand is attractive to them, uh, to own the horses, to breed the horses, to invest in racing? Well, I, I think for, for any kind of investment, if you're not talking about just pas- pure passion, uh, it, it comes down to return on investment. So um, I, I, I do think from a financial point of view, uh, investing into racing is a very, very good co- version of alternative investment. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about uh, the mainstream, you can invest in the, uh, in the stocks or future or any other uh, investment products. Uh, but as it comes down to uh, diversifying your risk, uh, and also when you're looking at maybe there's a, you know, the American uh, stock market is currently going down, uh, the general economy, the inflation, and everybody is talking about 
you know, the Federal Reserve is raising its interest in how it's going to affect the world. Uh, so, so from for just from a pure investment point of view, I think uh, horse racing is very much isolated from a lot of those um, uh, main factors. Like maybe two years ago, that we we actually worked on a report with um, uh, with um, J.P. Morgan and the Peking University, uh, and we uh, we conducted some research and found uh, normally in the economic meltdown, the equine industry is actually booming. Mm-hmm. So this is the message for a lot of investors that um, if you're looking for investment, uh, horse racing could surprise you in the in a downturn in the economy or even a financial crisis. Um, but for me is that it is more than just, um, just money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're, you're looking at the networking, the, the passion. And, and if you ever own a horse and mm-hmm. you see the horse win the race right in front of you, you will never forget it. There's just nothing like that. And um, Alan, you you are based in Auckland. I know that before the COVID, you kind of uh, travel very frequently to China. You have very uh, good knowledge of uh, Chinese equine industry, especially in racing. So what, what will be your outlook for Chinese racing industry in the next five years? One of the things that we need to mention about is the uh, President Xi's per, um, announcement back in 2019, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so about uh, racing in Hainan and and all the news about like sport uh, lottery in uh, in the in the province. So I think that's a big hit. And at the time, uh, actually when he announced, I think I think that was like seventeenth uh, of April. I landed in Haikou uh, ten days later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of local people they were quite surprised. They're like, your 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 New Zealanders are really fast. They're like, you know, the president just announced and you're here already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think when I went there, the had a bit of look and also how the industry is operating. Mm-hmm. And I've been to most of the race courses around the country. I think on the facility side, I quite like what Wuhan has. And I think the best turf track it got to be in Chengdu. I think that's the best turf that I, I experienced in China. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't been to Shanxi. The, all the racetrack, they're built to a very high standard. Uh, but in terms of how the system is working, uh, I, I think is probably can be fast tracked by uh, implementing some of the um, uh, advanced system from overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see Singapore has uh, in their early stage they have invited Australian Turf Club mm-hmm. to uh, give them advice and also run the certain Singapore Turf, turf Club. Uh, I think my observation back in 19 was that I was hoping in five years that uh, betting will be um, or, or sport lottery will be um, will be up and running. Mm-hmm. So we're at about three years, um, three year point. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how far that, that that's going to hit. So I'm going to say that again. So I would like to see, you know, maybe in five years that the government finally you know they, they they know how to handle the uh the, the, that racing industry and how the industry value chain is working yeah. so um sport spoilery is up and running and and i do hope that you know by then that china will be um buying a lot of quality horses all around the world every believe that you know china could be like the, the next japan uh, yes. and i have every every belief that china will, will succeed 
and and for by, bypass Japan in a short while. Yeah, totally, totally. It's just like a piece of puzzle, uh, which is missing. I I think yeah. when yeah. we get this piece done, and then the 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 industry, the whole industry, not only the racing but the equine industry, uh, will will be um uh, booming in on another level in China. Yeah, let's hope oh. for that. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah. Let's be positive, and uh, I, I'm sure that um mm -hmm. a lot of people in in government in the industry are working on that. Of course, mm -hmm. the races should be managed and organized on a very regular and a regulated way uh, to make sure mm -hmm. that there's no social problem, no economic problems when we uh, legalize the lottery or betting on horse racing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you see how how Hong Kong operates, and they're very very successful. So, yeah. I think you know that that's a good system to implement, and I'm glad that they're in Guangzhou already. Yeah, they're in Chonghua, oh. so everything. Yeah. So, by the way, how how people can mm -hmm. our listeners, if they want to connect with you, how they can reach you? Right, sure. I'm I'm happy to give give anyone my WeChat if that's the the easiest way to do that. Yeah, we'll put it on the uh, the show note. Thank you very much, Alan, for yes, the sharing so today. Yes, mm -hmm. delighted no to worries. talk to you. Thank you. Have a good day. Cool. Yeah, you have a good rest of the day. So Yi, I have to say that Alan sounds very passionate about racing, and he's very good at it. Yes, I agree. Wish all the best for his ambitious projects in New Zealand. Well, that's all we have for this morning. See you on the China Horse Business Live today at 8 a.m. CET. And happy Valentine's Day! This podcast is co-hosting by Zoe King and Jojo Wang. Powered by Wonder Horse, a business solution provider focusing on Chinese equine market and a bespoke equine community in China.